With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Howard Sherwood. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, broadcast out of the beautiful town of Monticello, Maine in Arista County and heard all over the world. Um, it is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp as well as weekend ladies' retreats, or as we like to call them, advances. And our next ladies' retreat, i.e. advance, will be held uh, October 1st to the 3rd at the Singing Hills Christian Camp in uh, beautiful Plainfield, New Hampshire. And next year's camp, that was, this will be the annual, uh, the annual family camp, will be held from July 17th to the 23rd or 22nd. I, anyway, for more information about our activities and events, you can visit our website, campconstitution.net. Um, so this show, I want to talk a little bit about cancel culture. Um, cancel culture, in, in, in a kind of a layman's definition, uh, is where uh, if you share or adhere to views that are not accepted by the secular, socialist, Marxist culture that permeates our nation, you are to be canceled. Your if you have a job uh, in the private or even government sector, and you don't believe that uh, there are 25, or actually 50 or 60 genders, you don't believe that killing uh, a baby in the womb is a good thing, you don't believe that uh, sodomy is a wonderful thing that we should all embrace, if you don't believe in socialism, if you don't weep after you hear a speech by Jesse Jackson, which you don't hear too much from me lately, or uh, have a Biden and Harris bumper sticker on your car, you will be canceled. If, again, if you have a job, uh, you'll get people calling your place of employment, telling them you're a racist. Uh, they don't accuse you of anti-Semitism much anymore. Have you noticed that, though, in this cancel culture? That's because the left has a near monopoly on anti-Semitism, especially with its uh, support of the uh, far-left Marxist Muslims in Congress, who, of course, hate, uh, hate Jews. Uh, so they don't really say too much anymore. They can't get away with calling an anti-Semite because they're now the anti-Semite, uh, anti-Semites, the Democrat Party especially. Uh, not to say that Democrats in general are anti-Semite, but the party leaders uh, tolerate it, especially when it comes to those two repulsive members of the House of Representatives. And I use the word repulsive because they come here as refugees uh, escaping the excesses of the Islamic world only to embrace that worldview here uh, and advocate the destruction of our nation. They don't, they don't hide it. 
you know, the, like which one I can't remember. I mean, the, I, it's hard to keep them apart because they're both so repulsive. The, the I think the one that married her, bro, the one who married her brother um, from Minnesota, I think, Elian uh, Oma. Uh, I think she said, "We got to tear this MF down, this country down." Well, you're from a failed nation of Somalia. Uh, so you know a lot about nations that have been torn down. And it's a failed nation, not because it has embraced liberty and limited government and a constitution, but because it's it hasn't. You know, you have uh, various factions and warlords, and uh, that's what happens when you don't have a, a, a constitution and the people in that country that can adhere to such things. So, so you bring that crap over here. You escape from it, and you bring it over here, then you want to destroy this. It's... Uh, it kind of boggles the mind. Uh, any any rational, reasonable person would uh, would believe that. But that's what they're doing. Uh, <clears throat> if you own a business in this cancel culture world, uh, they will uh, the Marxist will uh, try to uh, call for boycotts and want your business, or they'll protest your business, demand that if you have a restaurant, then you might have a burger that's called a Robert E. Lee burger, because you're dealing with history. Though. They'll demand they change the menu, or we're going to de- we'll destroy you anyway. We'll harass your customers, and that's the stuff that they do. Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and all the uh, and you can look at Black Lives Matter and Antifa as really the uh, the militant wing of the Democrat Party. It's amazing too that they are completely pushing the establishment line. So it used to be the Democrats were the so-called anti-establishment types. You know, they wouldn't. They didn't like the FBI. They didn't like. They hated the FBI. They hated the CIA. Whatever, uh, whatever the mass media was pushing was a lie. Now they have totally embraced the establishment. I mean, it's really interesting to see how much they tow the establishment line. They are doing the bidding of the Eastern establishment, and they don't even know it. Well, I should say the average. Activists doesn't know it. The people that control the activists, of course, know it. They know exactly what's going on. And, you know, it's interesting. There's a book that um, I've read years ago. It's still a very important book. It's called The Shadows of Power, The Council on Foreign Relations and the American Decline, written by my good friend James Perloff. And uh, in the book, Jim, you know, Jim said that he was a 60s radical. You know, burn, baby, burn. Now, he just wasn't doing any of the burning himself, but he was writing in college newspapers and had that worldview that anything that uh, smacked of uh, conservatism and um, whatever America stood for was evil and had to be changed. Then he, had, then he started asking questions, you know, like uh, most people do not, but he asked questions. You know, who, he looked at some of the people supporting them, some of the big establishment uh, entities, the foundations, and he said, uh, you know, he drew a few conclusions. You know, one, either they're afraid of us and that's why they're funding us or want to have some influence with us, or two, they control us. They're the ones that are calling the shots. And, of course, that had, he had a big change of uh, mind and heart. You could, you could change your mind but still promote it. There are a lot of people out there that will, yeah, I know about this, but I still go along with it, even though they don't agree with it. They just go along to get along. You know, they don't want to lose friends. They don't want to lose, if they have a job, they might lose their job, even back then. You know, it's, almost, it's like if you belong to a particular church or, or group of people, you belong to a church and then you leave that church over, say, theological issues. Most of those people in that church won't really 
not much to do with you anymore. And, or, or at least they'll be friendly to you, but you can no longer have that close friendship that you had before because you've rejected uh, that church or that church teachings. And uh, the same thing goes with uh, the secular philosophers and the socialists. They have that same perspective. And they will shun you a whole lot more than, let's say, you go to a Baptist church and you decide that uh, speaking in tongues is the way to go. And some of the Baptists say, well, okay, we still love you, but that's not what we're about. Um, but the secular left, they are hardcore. I mean, you talk about rigid doctrinaire. They will have nothing to do with you. You imagine how many people I've known over the years that uh, have become Christians, born-again Christians, and uh, how quickly their old friends shunned them, which is what you expect. I mean, viciously shunned them, too. You know, uh, It's very interesting. So um, the cancel culture, <clears throat> it, uh, TV shows, uh, statues, you know, they made a. Uh, they took down the Robert E. Lee statue in Richmond, Virginia. There was actually I've been down there uh, several times. Uh, there was a, a bookstore that I I knew the folks who owned it wasn't too far. And I think that particular neighborhood was sort of going downhill, <laughs> but it was very beautiful. It had all these Confederate uh, Confederate uh, generals and historic historical figures, <clears throat> and also they had a statue of the tennis player Arthur Ashe. They put there, I think, in the 90s, because uh, I think I went down there in the early 2000s when I, I saw it. Uh, but they were, I don't know if they removed all of the monuments, but they actually actually took the Robert E. Lee statue down and cut it in half, I uh, guess, to make it stored, storage easier. And, uh, you know, there were people applauding the removal, and they were referring to uh, Robert E. Lee as a white supremacist. Well, nothing could be further from the truth when it comes to Robert E. Lee. wasn't a white supremacist. Well, just like this way, if you were a white person and you lived back in the 1860s, you probably had a worldview, and your worldview when it came to black Americans would have been considered racist by the, by today's standards. But you can't judge. It's impossible to judge people today. Uh, we look at the, the, what were the standards back then. Robert E. Lee did own slaves. He was against slavery. Uh, he and his wife, like Stonewall Jackson, had a Sunday school for blacks, taught blacks how to read, uh, and again, did not uh, did not promote the racist Southern cause for the sake of racism. He looked at it as a state's issue. He could not fire upon, he could not kill his fellow Virginians. And that's why he reluctantly took the position of general of the, no, the Army of Northern Virginia as opposed to being general of the Union. He just couldn't see himself invading his, his state. And that's why he did it. And he was a devout Christian. So all of you Christians who think this is a wonderful thing, when you see Robert E. Lee in heaven, I guess it won't matter, <clears throat> but don't be surprised. So anyway, so that's uh, so it's not just the Robert E. Lee statues and statues of Stonewall Jackson and other statues, but it's also anything that uh, anything pre George Floyd is racist, white supremacist needs to be done away with. And if we don't stand up, if we don't stand up, they will succeed. I don't think they will succeed, but the bottom line is that people just say, well, you know, you don't want to be controversial. Now, the cancel culture has hit home with me in Camp Constitution to a minor extent, not, not a great extent. One of the great things is that the people that support Camp Constitution are not influenced by the left. 
they don't say, oh, gee, I'm donating money to or supporting Camp Constitution in some way, participating, and I don't want to lose my job. So I'll re That's not really a problem we have at this point. But it was a couple of years ago in the town of Appleton, Maine, which is a nice little rural town, not too far from the coast, about maybe 20 minutes to Rockland and Rockport, uh, Maine. Uh, one of our camp um, families, uh, one of the mothers of our camp, some of our campers, and she, this lady participates and her husband attends camp as well. She uh, wanted to host me to speak at the, <coughs> at the library in Appleton on the Constitution. And it was right the same week, Constitution Day. And she put a news release in the local newspaper, a few newspapers in the area, coastal area of Maine and a few others. And before you knew it, the library was getting all kinds of phone calls uh, that the Camp Constitution was white supremacist, it was racist, it was this, it was that, neo-Nazis and all the same old nonsense. Uh, so the library that was actually officially sponsoring the event, I, I wasn't getting paid for it. I was coming up there and we passed the hat to cover gas money, but there was no money uh, involved at this time. Um, they rescinded their sponsorship. They wanted us to cancel. We did not cancel. And uh, But the controversy brought us more people to the event. Uh, the left didn't show up. I think there was one or two in the room one of them was a local guy, probably just curious as to what uh, this was about. And I started the presentation just uh, pointing out that we had more blacks, Hispanics, and Asians that participated in our camp uh, than live in the town of Appleton. And we also, uh, you know, we can make phone calls too. So I encourage people, camp, camp supporters and friends from around the country to call the library and email, and they did. Uh, so, you know, we too can play at this game. And we did that. So uh, nothing, no harm came, as far as I know. Uh, it didn't hurt us, and we ended up benefiting from it. And we got a couple of more engagements as a result of the controversy. So it does backfire. That sometimes when they left demands a boycott of a certain company, uh, a lot of people will come out and buy more products, like Goya. You know, Goya, the CEO of Goya, uh, was. Uh, attended an event that Trump was hosting about uh, whether it was a Hispanic businesses or free market. I can't remember exactly. And the left said, boycott, boycott. Well, just the opposite happened. And the CEO, to his credit, stood his ground. He said, look, I was at an event that Obama supported. I'm here to support business. And, you know, I think he may have been a conservative that voted for Trump. I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is that he stood his ground, and it, the company didn't go under. In fact, they did much better. I remember going out and buying some Goya products, and you know we do buy some of them uh, on occasions. Uh, but I, you know, I'm going to eat a little bit of more Goya product uh, as a result. I remember back, oh, this was some years ago, 2005, uh, Gino's Steakhouse in uh, South Philly. They had a sign over there. Uh, you know, walk-up window, you know, when ordering order in English. And that made national news, and they had to shut the place down and boycott it. And I was actually in the city at the time and went to the, 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 the restaurant. It was one of these, you don't really eat indoors. It's a 24-hour uh, walk-up window, and I think there's a few chairs and benches and the nicer weather. Anyway, uh, the line was a mile long 
and I was interviewing people. I don't know what happened to the interview. I even interviewed the owner who has since passed away. He passed a few years ago. And uh, they held their ground, and uh, the city had to relent. They wanted to shut them down or find them. The city had to relent. And so it generally, in many cases, it works in the favor of the, it works in our favor. So that's why you've got to stay on your ground. And if you lose your job, God's going to open up another job for you. And I've heard people tell me that, yeah, I lost my job, but I got a better one. So you've got to stand up and do what's right. So, so anyway, <clears throat> back to Camp Constitution. Uh, prior, actually, it was prior to this uh, gig at the uh, library in uh, Appleton, Maine. We had uh, rented a room at a restaurant in Presque Isle, Maine, which we've used for a number of years. And they got phone calls. Oh, the rights of members are racist. And it, it's sort of cowardly when you make a, you know, an anonymous phone call. You don't say, hey, my name is Joe Smith. I live at 120 Main Street. I, this is where I live, and this is my phone number. And I'm saying that you shouldn't allow these people in that room because of this. They don't do that. They just make a phone call and say, oh, and they could be calling from California. They could be calling from Alaska. Uh, the person who, the manager of the restaurant has no idea. So the restaurant did not ban us. They, uh, but, it, uh, you know, nothing came of it. We didn't have any angry demonstrations outside, especially in Prescott, which is not kind of likely to see something like that. Uh, but then we, uh, uh, the following January, this would have been um, 2020. Yeah, I, I see. No, I'm sorry. 20, yeah, 20, well, yeah, maybe it was 2020. We uh, had brought in a, yeah, it was 2020, January of 2020. We were bringing in a speaker to at a restaurant in uh, Massachusetts at Reading, uh, Felicia Nace, Professor Nace, who uh, wrote a book uh, called Top Down Gender Confusion. It was about how the government schools and the state legislators, uh, state uh, state school departments uh, are pushing the transgender nonsense. And she was a very courageous, having to be a black woman, very courageous lady. And you know, we, uh, some homosexuals called the place and said we should be banned. And the owner said, "I love the First Amendment," and he said, uh, "I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to. This is a private meeting. Uh, you know, it's not open to the public. And uh, I'll be happy to rent out to your group." And he actually came to. He was expecting maybe there would be some protest, but nothing happened. Uh, and we stood our ground. And Felicia Nace, uh, Professor Nace, was a um, member of a board of directors at a community college in New Jersey <clears throat> and they demanded that she resign and they put a campaign against her and she held the ground she eventually moved out of New Jersey to the West Coast, I think Arizona and so she did resign but under her terms, not under the terms of the, the far left and there's many other examples but I just had a recent one and it was um, a local, uh, and I live here in Alton, New Hampshire, which is in what they refer to as the Lakes region. It's a uh, you know, moderately conservative area compared to, all, I'd say, very conservative compared to Massachusetts. Uh, and uh, well, it was in, I think, early July, I got an email or a phone call, I can't remember which, from a lady that saw my article in a local newspaper called the Weir's Times on the lives of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, celebrating Independence Day, July 4th. And she asked me if I would be willing to speak at her historical society, Ossipee, which is a few towns away uh, from us here in the area. And I said, oh, I'd be honored to do that. And my topic would be Know Your Constitution, 
which I've given similar presentations. I kind of change it up a little bit uh, depending on the audience and where I'm going. But you know, I, I talk about the con I talk a little bit about the the Constitutional Convention of 1787. Some of the people who made it happen, and and then I'll discuss the Constitution. And you know, it's a 45, 50 minute presentation, and I try to challenge them. No, you you know, you know I'll go over our little 10 question quiz and comment on the answer and comment on it. And everybody walks away with a with a co pocket copy of the Constitution. I don't get political. Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, if I do make reference to parties, I will say that both major parties are to blame for many of the problems. I don't denounce the president. Uh, I don't promote a president uh, unless they're doing something constitutional. Maybe I'll say, look, I might disagree with some of the policies, but on this one, he's good or what have you. But I don't, I don't usually get, in, get into that topic. So anyway, it was supposed to happen next week. And I get an email from the lady and said, uh, we've decided to uh, cancel your appearance uh, at this event. Thank you. And, you know, thank you. Thank you anyway. So I got back to her and I said, in an email, and I said, okay, well, that's your prerogative. I said, but uh, I'm not surprised. And then I followed up with an email and I said, I'd like to know the reason why. And I mentioned what happened in Appleton, Maine a couple of years ago. And I, I said, gee, I think maybe... I could be a victim of a uh, of a cancel culture campaign. So um, she took a while to respond, and I had to do another follow up. And I said I'd very much like to see uh, talk to some of these directors. I said they they say oh anyway she got back and she said that I uh, I'm too controversial. And then I responded by saying well I'd like to speak to some of these board members to find out what's so controversial about me. And then she got back to me and said, oh, well, I didn't think I needed to respond. And she said, um, uh, it, 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 we're too political or something like that. Well, wait a minute now. I'm controversial or I'm political? Which one is it? You know, what, what, and what makes me controversial? And, and, you know, and why do you even draw that conclusion? You know, you can go to YouTube and see one of my presentations on the subject. You don't see me with a big old Trump 2024 sign or Bernie Sanders for president. You don't see that. So, you know, anyway, um, that's the final word. It's a private entity, and they have the right to do that, uh, but it should be based on truth. If they think, okay, well, we, we don't even want this guy here. Now, my opinion is that they're probably leftists. Maybe she isn't, the lady who invited me, but there's a lot of lefties on there. And, or they could have got a, a campaign. They could have been a few phone calls and said, oh, you don't want that guy there. Uh, you know, if they don't like me because I'm a born-again Christian and I believe in limited government and I believe in moral absolutes, that's fine. But if they're canceling me because they think I'm a racist or anti-Semite, uh, I've got to clear the air here. Uh, of course, again, as I mentioned earlier, they don't use the anti-Semite uh, accusation much anymore. Uh, but I think it's important. Uh, and I said that my reputation, uh, I said I... I, I guard the reputation of, of my reputation, and more importantly, Camp Constitution's reputation. You know, we're making a lot of friends around here. We're influencing people, uh, and we're getting art. We just became a sponsor of Two Miles of Highway to keep it nice and clean. And uh, you know, we uh, you know we don't want again if people are going to say stuff about us, let them say it, but let it be truthful. You know, uh, and, and of course. If you don't toe the party line, 
then you are all these evil things, even though uh, it's not true. They'll just make these accusations. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, And we're going to keep on doing what we do. And uh, there'll be other opportunities to speak to groups. And, you know, I, I spoke to a group in Plymouth, New Hampshire, uh, Ashland, New Hampshire, Greater uh, Plymouth Republicans. Um, I'm speaking to a college next, uh, actually this week in a few days, uh, in, uh, in Massachusetts, a Christian college on the same topic. And they, not, they don't uh, think I'm too controversial. In fact, they seem to be welcoming me. But who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll get the memo that you can have them. Uh, and this happened, I, Ben Shapiro, uh, the, um, I don't dislike the guy. I think he's more of a neocon. There are some things I agree and something I disagree. Uh, but he was going to speak at, I guess it was the largest Christian college in the country, Grand Canyon University, uh, and uh, they canceled him. Uh, and I, wow, you know, they canceled him because some people objected. Some people found him offensive, you know. Uh, it was interesting. Liberty University, um, they had Bernie Sanders speak. You know, they invited Hillary. She never showed. I mean, she never took the offer. And they invited AOC to speak. But you won't see that in too many other of these leftist colleges. You won't see that, you know. And I know Bernie was treated with respect, uh, you know. And, uh, he said a spiel, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, he was able to get his point across, but he also had many of the uh, students. Uh, at least they know, you know, his social is what he what he's about. So, so anyway, I think it's very important to push back on this cancel culture. And again, we, as I said earlier, two can play at this game. We can make phone calls too. And I'm not recommending when it comes to this. Uh, it's the Ossipi Historical Society. I'm not recommending people do that uh, because uh, at this point, anyway. Um, I'm going to. Um, I've got. I'm going to actually formally join and see if they'll accept my application, my membership, and then we'll take it from there. So I'm. I thought I'm asking the Lord for guidance here. You know, I. I don't want to look like. Uh, I don't want to come across uh, too strident at the same time. I don't want uh, anyone thinking that we're racist or anti-Semitic. I want them. You know, if, some years ago, I remember I was at a meeting and this guy got really upset with me and. Uh, and I said, look, I don't care if you hate me or hate what I stand for, but make sure you hate me for the right reason. He couldn't tell me why he objected to me and what I stood for. He couldn't tell me in the organization at that time I was a field rep for the John Birch Society. He couldn't tell me why he hated the John Birch Society, but he hated it. I said, look, I'm okay if you hate us, but please tell me why you hate us. And maybe it's not true. Maybe the reason why you hate us isn't the, tr uh, uh, the real reason or the truth. And he couldn't tell me. And that's really what you call brainwashing. And, you know, we're, we're accused of brainwashing. It's kind of interesting because brainwashing isn't something you can just do. Pre it, 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 it takes a little, uh, it takes some training to do it properly. I mean, just going on the radio and talking truthful things isn't brainwashing. Uh, in fact, there was a book, that the man, I think, who coined the term brainwashing, um, Edward Hunter, he wrote a book about it, and I've discussed this over the years. Uh, you can find that book on Amazon for, for 50 cents, and I encourage people to read it because uh, uh, the brainwashing is, a, a, and this was based on what the Chinese communists did to American POWs during the Korean War and how they got some of these Americans to renounce their country 
uh, renounce their faith. They did not, not many of them had any faith. That's why it was so easy to manipulate them and brainwash them. Uh, but it's a, a process. It doesn't, doesn't do, doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not simply reading the Bible or teaching them Bible stories or reading the Constitution. That's not how you brainwash people. And once you brainwash them, you, they get this response, you know, this automatic response, and they can no longer think logically. The logic is the, uh, I guess, really right thinking. And so many people have, uh, don't think right. It's emotion. It's loaded with, um, with what they call logical fallacies. <clears throat> and I was, uh, had a, a sort of a debate. It was a forum uh, the other day in, uh, New, in uh, Ashland, New Hampshire, on Article 5. And the Convention of States uh, presenter, nice guy, and there was a lot of logical fallacies that he was promoting, and sometimes contradictory. And uh, if you don't know that, if you don't, know, if you're not able to see that, and then you, you can you can easily lose the argument, especially when you're testifying in front of uh, elected officials. You know, they hear emotionalism, they hear uh, contradictions. Oh, it can't happen. But oh, we have a we have a bill. We have something that we have in case it does happen. Well, wait a minute now. You say it can happen, but now you say it may happen. Which one is it? You know. So uh, that's why it's important and, uh, to understand a little bit of logic. But someone who's brainwashed can't think logically. They just think emotionally. But there's ways to deal with it, and, you know, prayer and the truth. And listening to radio shows like this and listening to radio stations like WBCQ are, uh, are a couple of ways to overcome the brainwashing. And with that, our time is almost up. I got a few more minutes. I got to try to cut this show at 20, uh, 29 minutes and 30 seconds, so uh, the producer uh, at, uh, at WBCQ can um, you know make it work. So, want to thank you for listening. I'm very glad that I got my cough finally uh, ended. I still get a little bit of cough, but I, I, after the COVID, I couldn't. Uh, I had a cough even though I was no longer suffering from COVID. And it was difficult to do the radio show, so I was off for about maybe a month. Anyway, you've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio. I'm your host, Hal Sherliff, and until next week, may God richly bless you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.